is your mic working be? I don't know. <laughs> Can you see? You ready? Am I dark enough? The darkness. Am I hard enough? The darkness. Another episode. <laughs> the relaxing, dulcet tones <laughs> of Norwegian black metal. Hello, folks. Uh, Welcome to another episode of THC. I'm your host, Brian. This is your other host, Bailey. How's it going, B? How could we add like some <clears throat> Swedish slang to my name? I don't know about Swedish slang, but we should come up with some metal names. Yeah. Like I could, uh, whatever. Um, de- it could be anything. <laughs> I'm like Ravenclaw. Cor- Cor- <laughs> Corpse bride. Chicken bone. <laughs> We're so dumb. Anyways, how's it going, B? I mean, it's been so long since I've seen you. I haven't seen you at all this week. I know. Your mic is so far away from your face. It's oh, crazy. No. Oh, no. Is that better? I guess so. Oh. Um, That was our little clue about what tonight's episode is about. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. B and I are... We're making it happen right now. Yeah. We had a long night last night. Mm-hmm. It was your kid's birthday. It was a rager. And if you know us at all, you know that, yes, we were drinking at a six-year-old's birthday party. Oh, of course. It's not a birthday party at our house unless we're setting shit on fire. Fuck yeah, dude. Right. We had fireworks. Mm-hmm. We got booze. It's we had Taco best. Bell. Yeah. We had a bunch of kids hopped up on sugar, running around screaming. Having a dance party in the garage, swinging off of... What, what, workout equipment olympic rings and shit <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah well it was a great time and the best part about being a children's birthday party is like i think i was still home at like 11 ish yeah I it's know. great i love wrapping it up early yeah i came home drunk not too drunk Mm-mm. still Just sober right. enough mm-hmm. to do my skincare Just eat some right reese's mm-hmm. drink some water go to bed yep. in I, bed by midnight i had like three taquitos a big glass of water yeah and yeah to bed mm-hmm so it was great. Um, what a time. But the point is, we're trying our best. Yeah. We're going to get through this wine and hopefully it'll kick us back into gear. We got it. Yeah. We got it. And like then I, like Friday, I said. Oh, what? Friday was Friday the 13th. Yes. And I got to see you then too. I know. We've been hanging out all weekend. Hey, how are you not? Well, you can't be sick of my face because I got a whole new face I know. tonight. I but. would literally never be sick of your face. I get sick of a lot of people. I never get sick of you. But yeah, I got to watch my favorite Friday the 13th movie while you did my hair. And yeah. we were so obnoxious. We were so loud, but it was pretty dead in the salon. So I wasn't too worried about it. But it's just because the original... Because that was technically what? Friday the 13th 2, right? No, that was actually like the new beginning. So that oh. was, it was deeper in. It was 86. But yeah. still. The point is, I don't know about the sound quality in the 80s, but yeah. it would be so quiet. And then it would be just like ear splitting screams. Yeah. I'm like, sorry, everyone. A car exploding. Our bad. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I literally am elbows deep in bleach. You can't move. No. Uh-uh. And the way that your salon is set up, it, like the sound bounces off the walls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's concrete floors, high mm-hmm. ceilings. Forget it. Mm-hmm. 
Anyways, how no, do you like? Fun. Do you like your hair? Of course. We took B. We're starting to take her back to blonde. We didn't get yeah. her as blonde as I wanted to. There's still some pink left in B's hair, but you know, it's a work in progress. But we'll that's get what there. my husband ended up liking the most about it. Is that there's still some pink? Well, just he's like that. Just looks like a natural you, mm-hmm. right? Just a little bit of flair at the end, yeah. right? Not too crazy. But yeah. So is your first time ever. Getting a balayage, you normally get like a traditional highlight when you go blonde. So yeah, what a good time. Other than that, um, I didn't do anything today besides clean the house. Um, but you know what I did do today hmm. is I watched the movie The Menu. Oh, perfect. So that's one of my three reviews. You watched it too? I did. Mm-hmm. Did you know what it was going to be about? <sighs> yes and no. I knew that... I don't know if obviously it was some, spoiler alerts guys if you haven't seen it yeah I don't know if it was in the trailer or not but like I knew that they were all basically there to die I had no idea yeah I had and never that se- she wasn't supposed to be there I had never seen a trailer okay. or a preview you went in blind yeah all I know is that everyone said it was so good and that the acting was good and I personally really like I know this you wouldn't watch movies like this I like movies about restaurants oh like there's yeah. a Bradley Cooper one I really like the way they filmed the food part yeah. so well done have you ever seen chef where the guy opens like a food truck and no. he's you would love it it's okay. um he's such a famous actor and I can't remember his name but um and John Leguizamo's in that one too great but um there's a great movie. It was like up for a bunch of Oscars where this dude works at like a fancy schmancy restaurant, can never do what he wants. So then he decides to open like a food truck. Okay. His ex-wife, Sofia Vergara. Love his best it. friend is John Leguizamo. Fun. And the food mm-hmm. as you're watching him cook yeah. it is the best food I've ever seen on screen. Yeah. And like he'll just like just him making a grilled cheese sandwich. You're mm-hmm. like, holy shit. So anyways, the point is I like movies like that. And that's what very I very much that. But that's what I thought it was, period. Mm-hmm. I had no clue. Got it. I like found out the same time as the rest of the diners. Like okay. when things started getting creepy, I was that's like fun for you. I know because I was like, wait, something else is happening yeah. here. This is weird. Okay. And I still wasn't convinced until like even again, spoiler alert, even when the first guy like killed himself, I uh-huh. was still like on the fence. I was like, this could all be like some artistic just like the reviewers were saying yeah. it's all part of the show this is what he's It took me for. a long time to like come to grips with see and then there's me watching this and I'm waiting for them to eat somebody yeah. so the whole t- I'm like if they don't fucking cut his head open and like yeah. turn that into a dish right now for these fuckers to eat so I'm disappointed right I'm just like eat somebody <laughs> I totally thought that that cheeseburger in the end was, was going to gonna be, be him yeah. or something going to yeah. be a human burger uh-huh and also, uh, so I liked it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I thought it was great. The acting is incredible. The ending was a little... Yeah, I know. Yeah. And the main chef um, is played by Ralph Fiennes, who also plays Voldemort. So his acting was great, but it is very much like, oh, Voldemort opened a restaurant. What do you think of his mom? Um, I mean, she's fucking weird. So I got it. Like, I totally got her character. Yeah. I thought she was perfectly placed, but I guess she like didn't sit well with Nick. He just thought oh. that was like really odd. He's like, I don't feel like that was necessary. I also knew that it, it was his mom right away. Oh, of course. Like I clock because she's in like oh. sweatpants and stuff. I'm like, that has to be the she's chef's just mom. Just sitting there silent drinking. Drinking like, wine. My people. I and he mentioned this in the movie too. his character of like he couldn't believe even in the end nobody's fighting back right they're all just sitting around letting him torch them that's another thing is i really wanted her to flip like be like oh yeah flip sides and like 
pretend like she's going to be on the chef's side, mm-hmm. but then to fucking just fuck everybody up. Yeah. Because they all deserved it. But yeah, no, yeah. that didn't happen either. Yeah. So, so I was a little. The ending was. Yeah. I was a little taken aback that no, no one, one really tried to well, fight back. Well, I guess back. by then they realized they were all garbage people and that they should die. I guess so. The one lady. The slander on s'mores, though. Oh, my <laughs> God. I actually did feel a certain way about that. I'm like, mm-hmm. sir, please don't talk that way about s'mores. Mm-hmm. It's a delicacy. <laughs> How dare you? So anyways, all right. Now yeah. that we've totally ruined that movie for you guys. I said spoiler like three I times. Know, I'm just being a dick. We really. I, I liked it. Yeah. The ending was whatever. Yeah. But Re- I liked it. Really I was fun to watch. I hated the guy that she was there with, which I guess you're supposed you're, to hate uh-huh. him. He's so fucking annoying. Yeah. The fact that she I know at some point you can't leave, but the fact that she stayed as long as she stayed with him. For I'm real. Like, I would have been out the first time. Yeah. But anyways. Mm-hmm. All right. What else are you reviewing? OK. So um, I saw the reviews for the screenings of the new Terrifier, Terrifier 2. OK. And. The guy, Art the Clown, has like a huge following on TikTok. I don't even know what this is. Right? So. What's the terrifier? He is Art the Clown. He is a mute. This is what he looks like. Uh Uh-huh. And I decided to watch the first one because people are saying the one that's coming out is the goriest thing they've ever seen. Like people are passing out in theaters. Ah, they always say that. The terrifier one was pretty fucking hard. Yeah. He literally takes an old ass hacksaw. He's got a naked woman tied up like chained from the ceiling uh-huh. with her legs split so that he could start in between her lips and yeah. literally saw her in half. He gets down to her skull and can't get through the bones, so it just leaves it in there. Fun. Uh-huh. And uh rips like another girl's skull and titties off to wear it. So, so is it like actually scary? Is it just gory? It's just gory. It's yeah, just I'm not interested. Yeah. No, but I liked him. What's fun is he doesn't talk. He's like mm-hmm. a mute. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So the Terrifier 2 is coming out. It is. To theaters? Uh-huh. I think so. That's crazy. So I think these were like the initial screenings or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so based on that, I was like, well, I'm going to watch the first one. Yeah. I have a hard time with like torture porn. Like Hostel never did it for me. I wasn't scared. It's, yeah. It's I just not don't want to watch bad. it. Yeah. It's not that bad. I mean, it definitely has a story. Like he's fucking with these girls all night. It's Halloween. They're at a diner. Mm-hmm. He comes into the diner and like he makes this girl feel a certain kind of way. And she's telling her friend like something's off with this guy. Yeah. So it definitely has a story. Okay. Mm-hmm. There you go. And then on the total opposite end, <laughs> I got a very rare opportunity to just, just watch whatever the fuck I wanted one mm-hmm. night. And so on Netflix, it's a Netflix original. What is it called? Do Revenge. Okay. Have you heard anything about mm-hmm. it? It's got our girl, Maya Hawk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love her. She's the best. And Sarah Michelle Geller, oh my our God. Buffy, she basically plays, what are they? Like the head mistress or whatever of like an elite school. She's like the principal. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, it's just catty mean girl shit. Do Revenge. But the way... That the story takes a twist was really fun. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not going to ruin it. I think you should watch it. Mm-hmm. I think um, you can watch it with your eldest. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Because they're in high school. It's nothing crazy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. So great recommendation on that. And I don't have to review it, but I finally watched, um, what did I watch? Black Phone? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was good. Yeah. It's very much a, like a Stephen King mm-hmm. vibe. Yeah. And Lou watched it and, you know, Lou doesn't like anything. And he liked it because 
he's very into like kids in the late 70s early 80s because mm-hmm. he was a kid yeah. in the late 70s early 80s mm-hmm. so usually if there's that vibe going on he taps in and, that's and he can watch Hawk, it right yeah that's Ethan and Hawk. so that's maya's dad i know so there you go that, that boom all comes back around <laughs> Yeah, I liked it. I didn't think it was scary. No, it's psychological. Yeah, it's, it's it, but I don't, there's not a ton of, like, I don't think it is scary either. Yeah. But if you talk to the uh, different person, they think it's, like, terrifying. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of no, depends I on. the story was interesting. And yeah. It was well made. I didn't feel disappointed in the end. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. it was good. And then I have one thing from the news and one thing only. Oh. Because it's the only thing worth mentioning, to be honest. Laura Dern. Yeah. Did you hear about her in the news recently? No. So she was vacationing and she was on the island of Oahu where they filmed part of the first Jurassic Mm -hmm. Park. And it's where they have the opening doors, like the welcome. Mm -hmm. So, of course, there's like guided tours all the time. Did Did they sell the gates? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, fun. Yeah. She just so happened to be there. At that location, like with her own friends and family or whatever, at the time that a tour was going by and a young girl was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like started freaking out. Yeah. So Laura's like, let's can we not like make this a a whole thing? Right. Like I'm here with my family or whatever and immediately gets cut off by the girl. I was like, you're from the Taylor Swift music video. Stop it. Stop. That's She's, so funny. I'm dying because Laura Dern's like, are you fucking kidding me? That's so funny. She's like, no, you know what? Actually, I do want to make this a big thing. Do you know who the fuck I am? <laughs> so obviously everybody else is like, babe. <laughs> that is so funny and so, so legit. Yeah. So, of course, you as a Swifty, oh, I, yeah. I see this in the news and I'm dying. I'm yeah, deceased. Yeah. I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever Yeah. Read. These kids nowadays, they don't. It's not their fault. No. It's. Just generations change. Yeah. They don't know anybody Anything. that we know. No. Not a thing. No. All my references just go so right pure. over my coworkers' heads. Just they- so pure. You're the girl. You're you're the mean mom from the Taylor's yeah. music video. My younger coworkers, I always have to like figure out how far I have to backtrack to get them on board with what I'm actually trying to talk about. I'm constantly trying to connect the dots for them to know who and what I'm talking about. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. The train's coming. Choo-choo. Uh-huh. The window's not open, though, so I wonder how loud okay. it will be. We'll find out here in a minute. Um, So Lisa Marie Presley just died. Yeah. Do any of them know who she R. is? R.I.P. Um, I don't know. Okay. I didn't I'm just ask. wondering if that was, like, far enough. <clears throat> I have no idea. Yeah, fucking Jurassic Park. God damn it, you guys. Get a life. Watch these movies. Classics. For <laughs> real. I know. I actually had to explain to my Gen Zers like how they know that Elvis is a big deal because they like they know he's a big deal in the sense that like the Beatles are a big deal Marilyn Monroe is a big deal right but like I had to really break down what he did that was significant so if they don't care about him why would they give any fucks about Lisa Marie so my point is like I, yeah, I had to break down for them, like, the cultural significance, mm-hmm. like, what he was doing in his younger days mm-hmm. that was really groundbreaking and envelope pushing. Because if they, if you say Elvis to them, they just think fat, sparkly Vegas Elvis. Of course. They do not know about him. The significance in music. When he's younger. No clue. Yeah. So I'm constantly having to explain things to these people and constantly trying to get them to watch movies. Yeah. Because there's so many great movies that they've never mm-hmm. even heard of mm-hmm. or watched. Yep. You know, 
It's an ongoing struggle of us Always. elder millennials. Right? <laughs> I mean, what would you call it? Escheatment? <laughs> no, Whoa. No. Whatever. When the moms try to press on their kids too hard. Oh, like what we me. talked about last week? Yeah, it'll be uh, with me in Violet in Jurassic Park. It's like, you must love what it. What is that? Pa- <laughs> Shit. Patty did it to John Bonet. Enmeshment. Me- Enmeshment. There we go. Uh-huh. <laughs> what did you say at Escheatment. first? Yeah, you guys, close. Yeah, Enmeshment. Yeah, for horror movies in Jurassic Park. If she doesn't pick one, I'm kicking her out. She's not mine. <laughs> I hear you. I'm disowning her. None of my kids like Jurassic Park, but my oldest is getting into like scary movies. So I'll, I'll take one. I'll take one. Mm-hmm. There you go, guys. Time for a train drink. And a cheers. And a cheers. We did ours in the kitchen. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> we did it. We made it. What a great transition. Hey, if you guys are drinking something at home, whether it's water, tea, wine, booze, Whatever you got going on, take a drink anytime you hear the train, which we just did. We cheers. We mentioned a badass big sister. We mentioned an old episode of our podcast. We mentioned our favorite show, Monk, or we spill something. Mm-hmm. So drink along. Play along. It'll be fun. Just right. like your your game that you played with me, if you could have any liquid come out of your well, your index fingers or pointer fingers. Yeah, if you could have any two liquids, one out of each index finger. Mm-hmm. And I picked seltzer and coffee because there's just enough water in each. To keep you sustained? <laughs> to keep me alive. I picked water and gasoline. And gasoline, which was brilliant. Because mm-hmm, yeah. you just said liquid. You didn't say what it was. And mm-hmm. it's free. And then you can fill people's tanks up. And even if you're charging half price at the gas stations. Yeah. Dude, now you have a whole business going. For real? No, it's brilliant. Yeah, my husband said water and scotch. I'm like, you're gonna kill. You're yeah, gonna kill. You're dead. That's you're literally it. gonna drink yourself yeah. to death. That's the point. Though, Perfect. Right? Just- That's so funny. <laughs> All right, you ready? Oh God, let's do it. This week's episode, I'm excited about. This is kind of your birthday episode. Yep. I don't know. It's a celebration, bitches. Because your birthday is obviously not this week coming up, but the. N- Oh, I don't know. I think we might be recording right after your birthday. We will be, but still. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyways. um, This is still a fun one. <clears throat> last episode was pretty heavy. Yeah. It was a big case. It was John Bonet. So it should be heavy because a child died. Mm-hmm. So this week, in light of um, it's Aquarius season, it's Bee's birthday season, we decided to keep it a little bit lighter, a little bit funky, and do the case of <laughs> Norwegian death metal band mayhem and i am swedish so i mean come on there you go yeah and all the mayhem that they cause mayhem all around mayhem all around Love mayhem it. miller mayhem the band it all screams me chaos it's a good time you got to do a great look of the week you got to bust out some makeup the people in the movie that i got to watch come on the names forget about it yeah yeah and so you watched a movie called lords of chaos mm-hmm. never heard of it me neither Mm-mm. And it wasn't until I was doing my side of the research and um, they interviewed the director where he was basically talking about he was trying to make it like kind of a funny movie. It's like a dark comedy. I went into it. So just looking at the image and you making fun of like, oh, and just wait till you have to hear me read these names and this Mm -hmm. and that. I'm like, oh, this is going to be another angst. 
mm. or this is going to be another vampire of Dusseldorf. Dusseldorf? Right? Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is going to fucking suck balls. Like, I'm going to be reading subtitles and shit. I was so pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Immediately, I was like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. It's got a great cast. Mm-hmm. And I guess they, he said that he was going more for like a spinal tap vibe. Yeah. Than a serious vibe. So that'll be great. There's actually not a ton to the case. Okay. So it'll be like the opposite of last week, which is um, I'll have less to say and you'll probably have more to say. Well, let the party begin. All right. I got everything this week from a few different articles, one in Huck magazine, one in the Los Angeles Times, an article for dailyhive.com, an article musicinfluence.com, and I watched two-thirds of a documentary that I did pay for on wow. YouTube, $1.99, called Until the Light Takes Us. Oh, Which Until was, the Light Takes Us. Okay, that's an interesting title. Until the Light Takes Us. It's um, not the most entertaining movie, to be totally honest with you. I, decide, yeah. I decided that I was like, I feel like I got the vibe. It's fine. Okay. So, you know, it's all right, though. If you like. If you're super into this. Yeah. If you're super into it and you really like a documentary that looks like somebody just filmed it themselves. Oh, no. Mm-mm. But there was interviews from the original people some of them including the person that fascinates me the most okay so that was worth it yeah because i even have a hard time watching like actual films where it's like <laughs> yeah. they make it look like or it's like really good documentaries right? no for real uh-huh. all righty b let's get ready to rage that's right bring the darkness in summer 1984 oslo norway we have <laughs> Two 16-year-old BFFs. Cute. You're going to have to be patient with me with these <laughs> names, everybody. It's just the way it's going to be. If you are <coughs> in Norway sorry, or of Norwegian descent, I apologize ahead of time. Do our best. Oh, should we tell them about the... I have a couple of UK updates. Yeah. So one, when we were doing Bee's hair on Friday the 13th, I was DMing a fan all the way in England. So exciting. It's very exciting for B because she doesn't normally read y'all's DMs. I'll just like kind of send you the ones Mm -hmm. that catch my eye. But she got to read it and respond in live time with me. And um, that woman was basically saying like, where did you get the ice thing? The fact that England has no ice. (laughs) Apparently England does have ice in their drinks, everybody. TikTok lied to me. And then she gave me some good recommendations for when we go in a couple years or if we need recommendations, I can hit her up. So that was really fun. Also, I had a client. This was a while ago. I actually meant to bring this up a couple episodes ago. I had a client who was raised in England and had since moved to the States as an adult. And she's from London. And I asked her, what is up with London? Like what... Because remember, we were trying to figure out like London geography. Right. Forget about it. Yeah. No. She said that basically because when I broke down my theory, she said I was correct. Like, so do they have cities, counties. So no, no, no. So London is a big city. Okay. It is, I think, bigger than New York City, like space wise. Okay. But it's got significantly less people. Maybe not significantly less, but it has less population than New York City For does. Sure. So there you go. Big city. Yeah. But she said that when you're when they say like, cause remember the Conjuring two happened at blah 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 village, mm-hmm. London, England. She said that I was correct. It's basically like neighborhoods. 
Because London's so big. It's like areas of London. Okay. So it's just so would it like, be like a borough in New York. No, I think it's more like um, the neighborhoods inside the boroughs. Okay. So it'd be like Harlem, Upper East Side, Lower East Side, Greenwich, yeah. Soho. Greenwich Village. Yeah. And so that's what she said. And so like if you it's one of those things where like if somebody is not from England you would just say like, oh, I live in London. Okay. Just like if someone's not from the States, you can be like, yeah. oh, I live in New York City. Yeah. But if somebody is from London, you, can you would then specify, I'm from such and such neighborhood. Got it. So there you go. Okay. That's right. how London works, guys. I'll take it. Okay. Fun. See, constantly learning yeah. because of this podcast. Listen, gotta love it. <laughs> now we're going to learn about Norway. Not much, though. I don't have much about actual Norway written yeah. down. So summer 1984, 16-year-old BFFs, Oystein Arseth and Jorn Stuberud. I think you did Stuberud. I'm drinking to that. Is that. Should that be our seventh one for the night? Is like anytime <laughs> I fuck up a name or I <laughs> will be blacked out. Like we need out. an excuse, yeah. These guys are obsessed with like heavy metal and horror movies and counterculture and just everything like alt and gothic and dark. Would we know any of the other heavy metal that they're being influenced no. by? No. Didn't way. even look it up. Okay. Now, a lot of this is because they and pretty much everybody else, at least in Mayhem on this scene, whatever... Have like normal, regular, good childhoods. Oh, for they, sure. They're not coming from broken homes. No. These are just middle class, upper middle class, easygoing yep. people. So <clears throat> like a lot of people who have grown up with very pleasant, lovely childhoods, they need to find some rebellion. They need to find some shock factor. We were literally just talking about this on Friday. Yep. Um, Norway is a very conservative Christian country, which I actually did not know about until no. doing this research. Hmm. And the way that they kind of shake things up is by they start dressing in all black. They start putting on some makeup. They grow their hair real long, the nail polish, the like heavy metal jewelry. They start calling themselves by nicknames. So Oyston starts going by Euronymous mm -hmm. and Yorn starts going by Necro Butcher. Mm-hmm. Now, just to let you guys know, I'm telling you guys legal names one time and one time only, but these are fucking Scandinavian names. And after that, I'm using their next death their metal names because yeah, it's easier for me. Yeah. So now we have Euronymous and Necro Butcher. So Euronymous ends up owning a record shop, which translates to hell in English. I can't remember the name yeah. of it in their language. And... Him and his close friends work at the shop as well as like live at the shop mm -hmm. and they call themselves the Black Circle. Mm -hmm. In 1988, after, so they start the band Mayhem. Yeah. It takes on a few different lineups. People kind of come and go. It takes a while to find their groove. So wait, he already had his record label before he started the band? So I didn't read a ton about his record label. Okay. In fact, only one article I read mentioned his record label. Okay. Everybody talks about his record shop, okay. but I do know that he starts a record label at some point. Okay. I just didn't get clear details yeah. of when or how. Okay. Um, but so they start this band mayhem. 
people come and go. Finally, in 1988, they bring on drummer Jan Axel Blomberg, a.k.a. Hellhammer. And per Yingve Olin, Mm. a.k.a. Dead, Mm -hmm. and lead vocals. Mm -hmm. And my personal favorite. Oh, really? Of course, because he's the most extreme. Mm -hmm. So Dead is the one who really, like, brings this shit together. Mm -hmm. He's the one who introduces the idea of doing what they call corpse makeup, which is basically... Kind of like a gothic version of Kiss almost. It's like Very the, much so. the white out face. Well, when you sent me the picture, I was that's all I thought was Kiss. Yeah, yeah. and the the heavy black like around their eyes, the black around their lips. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look even like a corpse, but I guess it's a fun thing to call it. But they are very much trying to look like dead people. Yeah. Although that's not how dead people look. Right. But it's fine. Yeah. I get it. It's We're like playing for vampires. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's the one who brings the hardcore black metal like stage antics he starts like self-mutilating he'll cut his arm on stage and he'll spray his own blood into the audience they perform with animal heads like stuck onto mic stands and every once in a while when he's feeling squirrely he'll throw an animal head into the audience um he personally likes to bury his clothes and then dig Mm -hmm. them up so that way he looks like he just crawled out of a Uh grave yeah and then he really feels like the necessity to have like death inside of him and like in his like breath and in his vocals. So he'll put a dead animal in like a garbage bag and then and like, puff it in, yeah. you know, yeah. fucking extreme, bro. <laughs> so death metally. They all move into a house together. They nickname this, of course, the Mayhem House. And the rumors are running wild. Yeah. They're satanic worshipers. They lead a cult. Like, yeah, this guy dead is doing some like kooky shit, but the rumors are like way exaggerated oh, as always. to what's going on. It's like a game of telephone. House. The more that gets talked about, the more it gets built up. And the more influential they become and the more popular they become on this underground metal scene. They gain a huge following all just kind of for these like really over the top subculture like antics Mm -hmm. it reminds me very much of the sex pistols yep like it was it was johnny rotten's like bullshit on stage that sold the band johnny rotten wasn't a good musician Mm -hmm. but he could like sell the shit out of punk rock absolutely but yeah so yeah it very much reminds me of like sex pistols absolutely i reference Sid Vicious. And- oh, Sid Vicious. That's why I, I meant Sid Vicious when I said Johnny Rotten. Yeah, Sid Vicious is the one who like sold the shit on yeah, stage. Mm-hmm, because we did that for our Valentine's Day. Almost a year ago already. Mm-hmm. Feels like it was just yesterday. Time flies. Now, they're about to record their first album. Okay. When Dead decides to kill himself. Oh, yeah. On April 8th, 1991. He's found in the Mayhem house um, alone by Euronymous. And um, Dead apparently had cut, slit both his wrists, shot himself in the head and left a note. It's a longer note than this, but the quote, famous note from the famous quote from his suicide letter is, excuse all the blood, cheers. Oh, okay. Probably how he signed it off. Yeah. 
So Euronymous finds him. And before he calls the authorities or anything, he does what anybody would do if they just found their best friend with his brains blown out. He takes pictures. Yeah. Grabs his camera. Totally. Takes some pics. And then he gathers some shattered pieces of your um, dead skull to make necklaces out of, mm-hmm. which he then hands out later on to like kind of the leaders on the death metal scene. Oh, now a BFF friendship bracelet. Necro Butcher is shocked at this. Mm-hmm. He's all, dude, that was our best fucking friend. And you're on, you're besides the whole taking picture and stuff. He's very casual about this happening. Mm-hmm. He, it's like he doesn't care at all. And Necro Butcher very much cares. Um, he even goes on to say in an interview that he was scared that he was going to end up killing Euronymous because he was so fucking mad at him and so upset. So he leaves the band and gets out of there. Okay. So now Euronymous puts himself as leader of the band. He brings on some new members like Varg Vikernes, a.k.a. Count Grishnak or The Count. Mm-hmm. And Snorre, a.k.a. Thorn. Oh. And a new vocalist, Attila Sisar. Okay. No nickname. Oh. Which I feel like is the most the metal hardest. thing to do. Yeah. So at this point, Euronymous's ego and all of his bullshit's just kind of out of control. If he doesn't like you, he like throws death threats at you. He's just getting like controlling and kind of weird. And he ends up using the pictures he took of Dead's body for like a live album tribute that they did for Mm -hmm. Dead. Yep. And when you're doing research on this case, (laughs) beware. You'll see it. That shit really pops up. And if you don't know that it's real, it's not too bad. But the fact that you know that it's real, you're like, oh, God, that's not something I wanted to see, actually. That's rough. Now, while Euronymous is out there doing whatever it is he's doing on his bullshit, you have the Count, Mm -hmm. Varg. The Count is the real deal. He is not into this fake shit. He believes in restoring Norway to like olden times. He's very anti-establishment, anti-religion, anti Americanization Mm -hmm. of Norway. He hates that like in the early 90s, they started getting their first like McDonald's, fast food, chain stores. He's fuck that. He hates that shit. He used to shoot out the windows of his local McDonald's. He doesn't want anything to do with American culture. Um, He hates Christianity for robbing countries of their culture and replacing it with Christianity. Therefore, he hates um, Judaism and Jewish people because Judaism kind of led to Christianity, right? Like, okay, came first. Mm -hmm. And he's very much against anyone not of like Scandinavian descent or lineage being in his country. Has he met Hitler? (laughs) (laughs) He is very probably pro Hitler. Yeah. He was very into like swastikas and shit. For sure. He is against people of color. He's against gay people. The list goes on. He heavily believes in a term called nihilism. Do you know what that is, B? No. It is the rejection of all religious and moral principles, which if you believe that, you also are kind of believing that life is meaningless. Okay. Like, what's the point of it all? Right. So he's very nihilistic. Um, 
and he kind of sets this tone, mm-hmm. right? And it gets very real. Like one of the members of the band, the, there's a lot of members of the band. And I don't know if that's just, they have a lot of turnover rate or if they just bring in like extra people. Yeah. Um, but one of the members, Faust, uh, ends up actually going to prison for killing a gay man, mm-hmm. which even in the documentary I watched, these like, you know, everyone's kind of past the scene now a little bit. And they, there are still people like on the documentary who are like applauding him for that. They use the F word and the F slur. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we heard so-and-so killed that F slur. And mm-hmm. I mean, I got to be honest, I have to applaud him for that. And you're right. like, what the fuck are y'all talking about? Ridiculous. Now, when they start making their album, their next album, I guess, so Varg, the Count, is the one that's heavily interviewed in this documentary. And he is the most fascinating to me because he's the only one that I think really like kind of puts his money where his mouth is. Mm-hmm. And he's not like if you were just to see him being interviewed, first of all, he's not bad looking. He's pretty handsome. He's very intelligent. Mm-hmm. He's very well spoken. And part of the problem is, is like a lot of these fucking psychopaths, not everything he says is crazy. Like oh, right. there's some true sentiment to what he's saying. And then he just takes it and goes to such like an extreme with yeah. it. Like the idea of Christianity coming into countries and robbing them of their culture and replace sure. it. I totally get why you would have a problem with that. And you would want to restore like the Viking ways or whatever to your country. But then it's like, then you got to take it and be weird about it and yeah. like take it to such an extreme. Yeah. Instead of doing whatever work could actually get, I don't know, whatever. So he talks about when they go to record their album, he was very against like any kind of production on the album. Mm -hmm. So they had a producer. He asked the producer, give me your worst microphone. Give me the worst drum kit. Give me the worst of everything. He said it took 10 minutes to set everything up. And the producer asked him like, don't you want to like key in the sound a little bit? Cause nope. normally you like mess with like sound levels and whatever. Sure. He's like, Nope, we're doing this one take on the shittiest equipment you have. Cause he did not think that like to say that like you're so dark and heavy metal and anti this and anti that. But then it's like, we were talking about like, but your eyeliner has to be perfect and you have to buy the perfect clothes and your sound has to be really crisp and clean. And he just felt like it was all bullshit. Yeah. And he was trying to like, keep it real, you know? Okay. It's like that um, Dave Chappelle skit when keeping it real goes wrong. Do you remember that? No. Okay. This, of course, leads to him having r- a real problem with Euronymous, mm-hmm. who is like the opposite end of that scale, right? right. He's all about the show. The image. Mm-hmm. The image. Um, and they butt heads a lot yeah. about what to do with the band and what direction. Um, it is to be said that the Count has already been the lead of a very successful band, a black metal band, before he got brought on to Mayhem. Okay. And I think he was still working with the other band, but he came in it really successful on the metal scene. I mean, I don't oh. know how successful you can be on this scene. Yeah. But, so it's not like, you know, he knows what he's talking about. Interesting. All right. But him and Euro really butt heads. Yeah. June 6, 1992, the Count burns down Fantoff Stave church do you know what a stave church is b no idea so a stave church is from medieval times they're the oldest churches in they're the first churches in norway 
They're gorgeous. I'm, I bet. They're like, they're like something out of Frozen. They're all wood. Mm-hmm. So obviously old dry wood. They probably burn pretty easy. They're super ornate. And so I'll definitely add a picture of one when we post it on Instagram. But it definitely looks like something out of the movie Frozen. This is a stave church. Oh, wow. Aren't they so cool? Very. Anyways, Varg's burning these fucking things down left oh, no and right. Oh, no big deal. Yeah. yeah, just these historically beautiful. He takes a picture of the first one he burns down, and he uses that as the cover art for the, an, uh, the album that he recorded with his other band, right? It's in that kind of just like admitting to the, well, I guess. He does admit to it. Okay. He's not hiding it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this starts a trend. He burns down a few, but again, highly influential on the like alt metal kind of gothy scene. Other people kind of fall in line and also do it. Mm -hmm. So between the years of 1992 and 1996, they burned down 45 to 60 churches. That's insane. Just to let you know that at the height of like stave churches, like medieval times, there was a little bit over a thousand in Norway. And as of current day, we're now down to like 28. Well, yeah. And a firefighter was lost in one of the one of the church burnings that the metal kids did. That's awful. Now, in an interview for a magazine, the count admits to burning the churches. Okay. And um, one of the quotes from the interview is through church burning and black metal music, we will reawaken the Norwegians feelings of belonging to Odin. Early 1993, Euronymous closes his record shop because between the killing of gay people and the burning down of historic churches, the heat is on. You think? The police are all over it. Wow. So he just closes down the record shop. August 10th, 1993, after some altercation with varying stories of what happened, um, the count ends up stabbing Euro in the head multiple times, killing oh, him. Oh, in the head. The count claims that this is self-defense, that Euronymous had a plan to kill him first, and that actually Euronymous had some plan to like ambush him, tie him up, torture him, do this, do that. And he had told other people on the scene, and then they told Varg, of course. the count. And so the count claims... He was just getting to him first. Mm-hmm. Other people on on the scene say that that's not true, that they had been butting heads over everything we'd already talked about. Control of the band. There was like some money disputes all over just like dislike of each other. Right. Yeah. And somebody even said that um, the count had been planning on killing Euronymous for a while. Oh, the count is arrested on August 19th. Police find 150 kilograms of explosive and 3,000 rounds of ammunition in his home. The rumor is, is that he was possibly planning to blow up Blitz House, which Blitz House was like a like a political hub. Okay. This is like some Norwegian political bullshit. Sure. The count says that's not true. He was stocking up for World War III, which he was really banking on happening. He really wants World War III to happen. He wants society to crumble so they can rebuild in the way that he thinks he they thinks should. is fit. Yeah, right. That he sees fit. Mm-hmm. 
His trial starts May 2nd, 1994. On May 16th, he is found guilty of the killing of Euro, the arson of four churches, plus all of the explosives of ammunition that he had on him. And he is sentenced to 21 years in prison, which is the longest you can receive in Norway. A lot of shit happens after he goes to prison. Mm -hmm. I don't know where you want to start. There's always these rumors that he is the leader of like terrorist organizations. Nobody can ever prove that. Um, So you just make of that what you will. At some point when he's like transferred to a low security prison in like the early 2000s, he like makes a run for it and he steals a car and he holds a family up at gunpoint and he gets arrested and gets more times, you know, thrown on there. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point he goes on parole and I don't know, then he gets married and then his wife buys guns in wow. France and then they catch him for like planning some terrorist coup uh, and inciting hatred and a bunch of racist shit that he was doing. And all this time is anytime that he's not in prison, he's has like a YouTube channel that he like spreads his racist pro Norway bullshit <laughs> on. And he does some stuff with that old metal band that he was a part of, but they eventually kick him out. And so I think that's just kind of what he's been doing, going in and out of jail and uh, in and off YouTube. And that's it. Wow. Okay. Now, one of the former members, remember how I said there was a bunch of members? Yes. Running around? Yes. Is Jonas Ackerlund. And I actually, I've read that he was a former member of Mayhem. I've also read that he was actually a former member of a different metal band. But I don't think so. I think he was a part of Mayhem for a minute. I think these guys all jumped around bands. You know what I mean? There's like only so many black metal musicians to go around. I feel you. Anyways, Jonas left to become a filmmaker. He is the one who ended up directing the movie you watched B. Oh, okay. And I just wanted to let you know some highlights of his interview, which is the reason he wanted to make, he wanted to show the truth, which is that these were just kids. Basically, kids playing make-believe and then like one or two kids had to take it too far. Always. Right? But he's like, these were just like regular kids. I can literally think, I'm going to name drop a bunch of my notes, but at least five of our past podcasts Mm -hmm. where it's just a group of teens that took shit too far. Yeah. And he says that a big part of it is the media used it to make like a political statement. But at the end of the day, it was just kids trying to be cool. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to let you know about Jonas is that he has directed music videos for fucking everybody. Okay. Every person who's ever made music. Wow. Everybody. He started off doing like. So clearly he sold out. No. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. That's fine. He started off with like Norwegian artists. Sure. But then he made the jump over to like American like pop and rock artists. Okay. He's won awards for the video that really broke his career in the music video directing game. I don't know if you remember this video. I remember watching it like it was yesterday, which was Prodigy Smack My Bitch Up. Oh, my God. Do you remember how good that video was? Of course. So that was back in the day when we had VHSs and like MTV Mm -hmm. and I could record music videos. And I, yeah, absolutely. I still remember 
the shock and how that video made me feel the first time I saw yeah. it. And I was like, oh shit, this is a good, if you guys have not, if you're part it's of Gen intense. Z and you have not watched Smack My Bitch Up, yeah. go watch it. But he's worked with literally everybody. Obviously, That's so cool. Prodigy and U2 and Smashing Pumpkins and Madonna and Beyonce and Taylor Swift and Kesha and Lady Gaga and Nicki Minaj oh and God. Metallica and the Rolling Stones and Ozzy Osbourne and Britney Spears and Rihanna and fucking Blink-182 and J-Lo and I, Christina Aguilera. Crazy. And a bunch of other people that I have just the like letters of their band name. So I don't actually know what they are now. <laughs> but literally everybody. Like everybody who's made music in the last 20 years, he's done a video for. Well, see, something came out of the black circle. Yeah. Jonas and his apparently great movie. Um, yeah. So what do you think of the mayhem? And by the way, mayhem, the band still kept it rolling. Like they were making movies at least in or movies, music, music. at least until the 2000s. It's just mm -hmm. different members are always right. changing. Right. Well, the way that you're making the count sound is way more extreme than the count I got. Mm. So that's interesting. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, it sounds just like the movie I watched. But I'm going to add a lot more flair. Because okay. we get the funds now. Okie dokie. I can't wait to hear about it. I know. All right. So what's 2018? What is 2018? Yeah, for us. Um, I had just had, Zoe was a year old. Okay, there we go. So I had already been living where we live mm -hmm. for a year because yeah. I moved up in 2017. Mm -hmm. I love it. I think that's all that we were doing. Yeah. Just oh. hanging out. Oh, yeah. No wonder we're not cool enough to know anything about oh, this. Oh, yeah, because if Zoe's a year old, Violet was like a year and a half yeah. or whatever. Mm -hmm. God, I can't, you know what's so crazy is I remember my kid being a baby, but like, I have such a hard time remembering your kid being a baby. Really? And they were babies together. I know. They grew up together. Uh -huh. Yeah. But it's like, I have Zoe, no problem. But then it's like, your kid, I just have like stuck in my head at the age she is now. I'm wow. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. How funny. I know I was there. I have the pictures. I mean, I believe me. I was looking at the pictures yesterday and I looked at the two-year-old and I'm like, who the fuck is that? Yeah. Whose kid is that? <laughs> I know. She was so cute. <laughs> Anyways. Uh... But we are back in Norway, 1987, introduced to Euronymous, played by Rory Culkin, mm -hmm. new to our podcast. A new Culkin! But of course, we can't forget Big Brother in episode number 22, Filthy Animals, mm -hmm. and 25, Party Like a Monster. Yeah. And that is a great look. With the oh, disco the ball yeah. and the lederhosen. And you're, of course, talking about Macaulay Culkin. Yes, obviously. Obviously. Yeah, I know. A lot of this reminded me of Party Monster, too. Yeah. It reminded me of three things. Party Monster, the Memphis, West Memphis 3, uh -huh. and obviously that other one I mentioned a bunch of times. Yeah, the Sid and Nancy. Sid and Nancy, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, the Sex Whistles. Yeah. He is explaining to us that this is his story and it will end badly. So, like, we had talked about on the last podcast how you think it's fun how, like, when they're talking to us as the mm -hmm. viewers, like, yeah. this is my story. Mm -hmm. So, we get to see Euronymous and two other teenage boys. They're hanging out. They're listening to metal. And they have their own band, Mayhem. Life is good. We're spending our days playing hard, getting drunk, fucking shit up. Like I said, Sid 
very Sid Vicious-y, mm-hmm. episode 64. Euronymous has a sweet side to him, though. Like, we get to see him behind the scenes with his little sister. And, uh, like, we get to see the way that they interact together. Like, she'll help him with his makeup. Oh, cute. And, like, they'll do his hair together. Mm-hmm. And she'll, like, give him little compliments or whatever. And then as he's all dressed up, he'll be like, now run away from Satan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. And just as the band is gaining some fame, the drummer quits. And they get a new guy, Hellhammer. And together, they create what they claim to be a new sound, which they call Norwegian black metal. And they say that when people hear their music, it's going to make them want to commit suicide. I mean, I listen to some of it. And I, that that but, tracks. Yeah. They even have their own like groupie photographer, John. I don't know if it's Metal Loin or Metal Lion. <laughs> I hope it's. They're both so funny. Metal Loin is just as funny as Metal Lion. Well, this is the way it was written out. So how would you read that? Oh, Metallian? Metallian? Okay. Is that a word? I don't fucking know. I like Metal Lion. I write Metal Lion. (laughs) (laughs) What they don't have is a front man. They don't have a lead singer. So they kind of put out like an ad. And they get a package delivered. And inside is a wooden cross with a dead mouse nailed to it. Along with an audition tape. And they love it. They say it's a sound they've never heard before. His voice is unlike anything. And so they have him come from Sweden. And it's Dead. Yep. And Dead is played by Jack Kilmer. He hasn't done anything that I know about. Mm -hmm. But obviously he's a part of the Kilmer clan. So I mean. He's Val Kilmer's son I believe. Yeah. Um. And obviously, if you can't tell by his nickname, he's really into dead shit. So we see him like picking up dead animals off the side of the road to stroke its fur and like rub against its rotting flesh. Oh, he's so dark. He's so twisted. They all get this villa together. It's like a fucking rundown cabin in the woods, but still. Mm -hmm. To isolate themselves so they can really focus on their music. Yeah. Dead sleeps in a coffin. Oh, God. There's just no way I could ever take any of this shit seriously. It reminded me of episode 52, the Craven Clan, with those <laughs> yeah. loser kids pretending yeah. to be vampires. Yeah, it's so silly. After a year of living together, Euronymous can tell the dead is really having a hard time with his depression. Maybe he should get a comfortable mattress. Right? Not sleep in a coffin. <laughs> it might really improve his life. We do learn that as a young boy, Dad had been so badly bullied and like beaten up that he actually did die. Oh, from the injuries. And so ever since then, that's kind of what started his obsession with death. Yeah. And that he kind of took it out on animals. So he was like super into killing cats and shit. Like that. Which we get to see a couple hanging from the ceiling oh, in his room. Fun. Loved that. Did you actually did he actually kill an animal on the movie? No. So you didn't have to watch an animal. They die. try to catch a cat to kill 
Yeah, so you just you just see the dead okay. animals. I was just happy for you that yeah, you no, didn't I have didn't to see mm-mm, that. Mm-mm. One day in the woods while looking for cats to kill. <laughs> My lord. Dead is asking Euronymous to shoot him in the head. But obviously we all know Euronymous is just a front and there's no way he's actually going to do it. Then another night they throw a huge party. We got some girls that show up. A girl called Anne Marie or Anne Marit. Any you know? I didn't mean no girls are mentioned okay. at all in mine. I guess she's a photographer. Okay. And so her and Euronymous have like a little flirtatious vibe. Anyways, it's a great time. Everyone's wasted. People are fucking. People are puking. We're shooting out windows. We're lighting shit on fire. I mean, it's basically Violet's birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, they're ready to show the world what they've been working on. They have their first show. It goes great. But for whatever reason, as the band is doing better than ever, Dead seems to be getting worse. They are out at a show, and afterwards, a guy named Christian compliments them, and he compares them to, like, a Swedish metal group, and so immediately, he gets rejected. They're like, we are not them. We are our own sound. They're so unique. Mm -hmm. And then we see Dead alone in his room where we watch him commit suicide, And holy fucking shit, they do not hold back. Oh, shit. We are hearing the knife go through the flesh, pierce the arteries. We've got blood gushing out of the veins. And he's just sitting there, like, smiling, like, super peaceful, like, just watching it pool onto the floor. Okay. Well, at least he was happy in the end, I guess. When that doesn't do it, he slices his throat open. How? Mm -hmm. Ugh. As he's choking on his own blood, he gets a phone call. Oh, boy. (laughs) It's his dad leaving a voice message. His dad is beaming, so excited to let him know he got into university. Oh. (laughs) Clearly, dad does not share in his father's enthusiasm. And uh, he finishes the job by shooting himself in the head. And again, we get the full shotgun in the mouth. We see the chunks of brain splatter, the skull fragments, all of it. And the quote that we get is not the one you gave. They say that the note left behind read, let the party begin. Oh, okay. Euronymous obviously comes home. He finds the door locked. He climbs through the window into Dead's room, Mm -hmm. finding him. He does first call 911, but then when they ask what the emergency is, he doesn't answer. He just hangs up, goes to the market, gets disposable camera. Dang. Takes the pictures. He even, like, goes on to, like, stage the body into, like, different positions. Um. And then he calls the other band members excited to show off these necklaces that he made with the brain fragments. And just like you said, Necro Butcher was not having it. He was like, this isn't cool, dude. This is a lot. This is fucked up. And he gets... He kind of obviously wants out, but it's like, it's more like Euronymous telling like, you're not hard enough to be a part of the band anymore. Okay. Yeah. So we need a new start. 
and Euronymous is using daddy's money to open his own record store, start his own record label, death-like silence. And this basically becomes like his temple of evil and chaos. Oh. Downstairs is a basement, which is only for the black circle. Mm-hmm. Right? The VIPs. The fan from before, Christian, mm-hmm. is back. He's shopping. And he's there to prove that he's not a poser. Like they dismissed him to be. Oh, okay. Right? Because now he's Varg. Oh. He's the Count. Okay. Okay. And he does get the invite to hang. And Euronymous can tell how easily manipulated Varg's going to be. And so he decides to like, he makes a Manson move. Right? He's going to take him under his wing. Mm-hmm. Make him do all of his dirty work mm-hmm. so that he can take all the credit for it. Okay. Right? Varg gets the confidence to show Euronymous his own music. And just like when he heard Dead for the first time, Euronymous is like, this is what's going to take us to the next level. Oh, yeah. Okay. Only Euronymous is out of money. Luckily, Varg's family's got plenty of money. So like we said, these kids are coming from good families. In the basement one night, Varg decides he's going to show off. And he makes Anne-Marie strip for him and Euronymous. It's very demeaning. And you can tell that Euronymous is like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be doing this. But he also doesn't stop it or do anything to help the girl. Okay. They make the record... They don't do shit to promote it. And that's when Varg decides that he's going to set the first church on fire. That's how he's going to draw the attention to the music. And it does. That's exactly what they want it to do. Only problem is, Euronymous takes all the credit, says it's because he planted the seed into Varg. That, you know, that's the only reason he had the guts to do anything. Mm. they're on forward everything's a competition between them right who can fuck the most girls who can make the most music who's gonna burn down the most churches so for me this was episode 43 three is a crowd the whole bobby kent best friend thing yeah right they were constantly Mm -hmm. competing and like fucking the same girls and just weird shit that escalated and got out of control Everything's a pissing contest. Okay. So to fix things between them, Euronymous decides to give Varg the skull fragment necklace that the other guy denied. Like, here, earned this. Oh, okay. Thanks. Mm-hmm. This just makes Varg want to go even harder. So together they go down to, like, burn down a church. And it's like a real bonding moment, right? It's a real bro moment for him. Not wanting to be left out of the fun. Let's meet Faust. Faust. Played by Walter Skarsgård. Oh, we have a Skarsgård. Skarsgård alert. He goes to a bar where he catches the eye of an older man, which he lures to like a nearby woodsy park area. Mm -hmm. And this poor little gay man thinking he's going to get some like angsty 
young boy ass, right? Oh, he does not get said ass. He gets a fucking knife to the chest. Oh, jeez. He gets stabbed aggressively. Like, a lot. He does try to fight back. He gets bitten. Knocked to his knees. Uh, Faust grabs his face, carves into his cheeks, and then finishes the job with a few more blows to the chest and abdomen, leaving him there. It's like the next day at the record shop. Euronymous is hearing all this on the news. Um, and Faust is like, yeah, I, I did that. And then they're like, amazing. Yeah. Let's hey. celebrate by burning down another church. Oh, my God. Incredible. Right? I what mean, a time. Uh, why not? But on this occasion, they do almost get caught by the night guards and their dogs. So finally, Euronymous is like, okay, circle. Circle gang. <laughs> circle <laughs> jerk. We, we got we to gotta cool it. All right? They're going to piece this shit back to us somehow. And God, Varga's like, pussy. <laughs> You're going to let the man slow us down? You're going to let the man scare us? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking chickens. That's so funny. Euronymous um, becomes more increasingly paranoid. Any customer that comes into the shop has got to be an undercover cop. Mm-hmm. Right? He th- thinks he's manifesting like his own fucked up nightmares into reality. And so it's almost like at this point he's on the edge where he's like, he kind of wants out. Mm-hmm. He moves to his own place and starts to focus his attention back on the record label. He gets this girl, Anne Marie, to photograph or to take photographs of him, like really develop his new look. They take the pictures in an old graveyard. Mm hmm. And obviously, I mean, that's not hot as fuck. So they start making out. Oh, yeah. And, right. You've got his makeup like smearing all over her face. It's going to be you and your husband later tonight. Transitions <laughs> into sex and it's just oh, animalistic and just crazy. I'd so, be so pissed if they were doing that on my family member's grave. I'd be like, can you guys not? No, the sex was back at home. They, they oh, do, they I was do picturing the... this all in the graveyard. No, no, no. No, <laughs> it starts in the graveyard and then it like escalates. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, for once, when Euronymous should be happy, all he can think about is dead. He's seeing images of his friend in the woods the day he asked to pull the trigger, flashes of the body when he found him. Um, Anne-Marie can tell something's really wrong, but obviously he's not going to open up to her. So, back in the studio, they're going to record some new music, and Varg and Euronymous are butting heads, as always. Uh, Varg's like you don't have your intentions straight you're not down for the cause you're just seeking attention so to take things to the next level Varg decides he's gonna go public with the black circle which Euronymous is like this is a really bad fucking idea Varg ignores him and invites a journalist Finn Tender for an interview (laughs) Why does everyone have to have a nickname? I know. This is where, for the first time, we hear that he goes by The Count. He reveals that the group of people called the Black Circle are responsible for the church fires. 
Barg immediately fucks up by revealing that he is one of the group and that there's like six of like other guys. Yeah. And to prove that he's really in on things, he says that the first church was burnt down on June 6th at 6 a.m. Right. 666. Yes. Yeah. And that there was a dead rabbit left at the scene of another fire. The journalist is like, you guys are a bunch of pussies. You can light as many candles as you want. You can hang as many swastikas. Mm -hmm. Like, unless you're here to give me facts, give me evidence, I don't really care what you say. So, uh, Varg has to prove that, you know their heart and that they're gonna give him something so they agree to let them take pictures mm-hmm. but they're like we can't let anybody know who we are and he's like oh of course not we won't let anybody see your face so they like hang their hair down in yeah. front of their face and then like make them pose with the murder weapon that Faust used to kill the old man. Oh my god. And so they get the journalist is walking away the, with the photographer like these fucking dumbasses. Yeah. So of course they get arrested. But I guess police don't have enough to really keep them in custody mm-hmm. so they do get released. I, I don't know. But by the time that Varg is back with the Circle Gang Euro's already <laughs> taken credit for basically everything. The circle gang. Right. <laughs> uh, eventually, Euronymous's parents stop paying his way. He does lose the record store. Because of this, he's all kind of pissed. And so Euronymous tells Faust that he's going to kill Varg for fucking everything up for everyone. Mm-hmm. And just like you were talking in the last episode, how like siblings would bicker. Yeah. You stole my fucking chicken strips. I'm going to fucking kill you. Yeah. I can't believe you fucking touched my shit. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just stupid. But Faust is believing every word. Like, yeah, we're going to get this fucking stun gun. And then we're going to dig this place and we're going to leave his body. (laughs) Yeah. Because he's actually killed someone. So he thinks that like, yeah, of course, we'll just kill him. Of course. Makes perfect sense. Mm hmm. And then Euronymous ends up having this magazine interview where he says, I am the true creator of Norwegian black metal. I created the black circle and the count is basically like my minion. Right. Oh boy. Below me. The count's going to love that. Mm-hmm. He name drops their new record, knowing that it's going to piss Varg off. And then Eventually, the interviewer asks about the old bandmate dead. And, you know, Euronymous is, like, trying to play it cool or whatever. But we can see that, like, he's really still struggling with that. Mm -hmm. And then finally, we've got Euronymous. I guess he's like, I'm going to go on to release my own music. So eventually he and Varg do cut ties and Marie's like well that's great this is exactly what you wanted like mm-hmm. you didn't want anything to do with him anyways so it's all good and that night he like goes and types up this little contract that he's like look I'll pay you back whatever money you can have the band let's just say everything's cool like I hope we could be friends 
sign this, prepaid return envelope, drops it. But Varg hears from Faust the plan about trying to kill him. And so he's like, well, fuck this. Mm -hmm. So instead of returning the contract by mail, he signs it and gets his driver, who has no name, to take him all the way to Euronymous's house. And Marie has just left after giving him, like, a makeover. He cuts off all of his hair. Mm -hmm. Like, he's really just trying to, like, go a a new way. He puts on a record. He's sitting at his typewriter just as he hears. It's not like the doorbell. It's the bell when you go to an apartment complex and you have to buzz your way up. Right? That's obviously Varg. And he's like, come on, I've got the contract. Just invite me up. Euronymous nose is sus as fuck, like, immediately. Mm -hmm. He's like, all right, whatever. Let's him up anyways. Varg even takes the time to compliment his new cleaned-up look. And uh, Euronymous is like, all right, I've got it. Like, you can go. And he's like, no, I want to see you sign it before I leave the contract. Mm -hmm. And so Euronymous turns to go get a pen when... Varg stabs him with a knife in the gut. Like, you think I'm dumb enough to let you kill me? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Always the creator. Euronymous is trying to think of a way to sell this moment. Like, stop stabbing me now and I'll tell everyone, like, you tried to kill me. Yeah. Like, what's going to make you look cooler than that? Mm-hmm. right you or we'll even say it like you did kill me and but i made it right whatever but the count knows and he's like i don't fucking believe a word you say anymore and so he keeps going and we're got all this stabbing for whatever reason varg takes a break i don't know if he made himself like some oval team or <laughs> chocolate milk but like he's like pouring shit from the fridge And so Euronymous does get the opportunity to break out and he gets across the hall to a neighbor, pounds on the door. It's an elderly man who does open, but Varg slams the door in his face, kicks Euronymous down a flight of stairs, a bunch more stabbing. Finally, he falls to like the main floor where we get... A lot more aggressive stabbing, a final blow to the head, and then finally we see Varg get driven away. And we hear Euronymous's voice in the background. Um, we see the police come to collect the evidence. His murder's all over the news. Uh, Faust gets arrested. He's living at his mom's house, right? Like this perfect little countryside home. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Varg's driver is telling the police, like, oh, yeah, we were home all night watching Die Hard 2, but he knows nothing about Die Hard 2. Yeah. So that totally blows it. And just as we, like, think that the movie is going to end, because we're having, like, a sentimental image of Euronymous's memorial, he interjects. He's like, stop. There is nothing to be sad about. I am Euronymous, the founder of Mayhem, the most infamous black metal band in the world. I created a whole new musical genre, 
true Norwegian black metal. What the fuck have you done, posers? Oh. <laughs> and that's how they end the movie. Okay. So, yeah. You Super fucking fun. poser. Like, what the fuck have you done? Like, stop. Don't be sad because I fucking died. Guess what? I wasn't. So <laughs> the plot thickens. I was never sad that you died. Euronymous. Uh, I would love to know what his name means. Euronymous. Euronymous. Mm-hmm. It's like anonymous, but like European. Sure. That's clever. All right. How'd you like the movie? You liked it, huh? I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't have to read subtitles. <laughs> Gotta love that. They have the cool nickname, so you don't have to worry about their real names. Mm-hmm. Um, how many knives? How many black metal knives do you get it? Five. Got another fiver, five. baby. Yeah. An actual entertaining one, too. For real. Mm-hmm. No, it's it was so surprising. Yeah. Like I said, going into it, thinking it's going to be an angst or something. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, what did this bitch find me? Yeah. <laughs> how fun. I'm going to watch it. What'd you yeah. watch it on? YouTube? Mm. <laughs> I think. Yeah, we'll see. Mm. <laughs> yeah, anyways, I'm going to watch it for sure. It sounds like an entertaining, fun movie. I'll probably get Lou to watch it too, yeah? Yeah. Cool. No, he I, likes movies about music. Yeah, no, I'm bands. pretty sure I found it for free on YouTube. You can definitely buy it somewhere. Yeah, I, for I sure. I did not need to. Okay. And what's my look of the week? Oh, it's an exciting one tonight. Mm-hmm. I got to touch up, but for sure. I guess it's the movie cover. I think it is the movie cover, mm-hmm. but it's very much the the corpse makeup that they're famous for yeah. doing. The white face, the heavy, heavy black. Because mm-hmm. um, I got to do the lips. I didn't want to do the lips since we were right. going to be drinking. And I noticed that you even straightened your hair for the occasion. Oh, so it looks like yeah, a nice. Well, I'm going to put the, the straight hair in front of my face because, mm-hmm. you know, really secure my identity. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> You're so hardcore. I know. I am. All right. Is there anything else? No. We survived. Oh, I'm going to bed as soon as we take this picture. We didn't even finish our bottle of wine, you guys. Nope, this is, this a, is this, sad. This was a rough one. But, you know, I We're think we here. made up for it with, with a jolly movie review and some crazy Norwegian black metal. What more do you need? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't need any more. <laughs> don't need a thing. Um, to see pictures of Bailey's, I'm sure, new iconic look of the week. Um, to see a picture of a stave church. Or some shitty teenage white boys in makeup. Because there's not enough of that in our podcast history. <laughs> That's right. Go to THC Podcast on Instagram. Um, if you have any comments or concerns, hit me up. I'll get back to you for sure. If I fucked up some Norwegian something, let me know. Right. And if you live in a different part of London, we fucked that up too. <laughs> let us know. Uh, you know, we're just doing the best we can. Um and uh you know if you have time to to give us a rating or a A five-star review a ring a dingy dingy that would be fantastic and other than that we will see you next time bye goodbye you guys